Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I can say that because, oh my geez, it's pretty nice out there. Wasn't too bad. How about we spend a couple hours here engaging in some entertaining and energetic conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. We'll talk about uh, sports. we got some sports today. we got, uh, you know, some other things. We'll see where it goes. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us, as always, and we appreciate his presence in ways that you can't understand. And thanks for spending some time with us through your radio, Information 1000 KSOO, streamed live on KSO.com or on the KSOO mobile app, where you've got the one-touch streaming and you've got news and updates and weather and all that kind of stuff from the good people here at Results Radio. And uh, remember, our Twitter account is at P. Lally Show, and I'll walk you through that. That's the at symbol, then a P-L-A-L-L-E-Y-S-H-O-W, P. Lally Show. There you go. Uh, here's the deal. Um, you know, we've been doing this thing at Club David, right? The uh, public input. And uh, wildly successful with the, uh, uh, well, yeah, we do it. And uh, it's fun. And we've got the uh, city council bingo, which is always a big hit. Uh, so last night, city council had a meeting last night. It was on Monday because tonight's the big, con- the chamber of commerce shindig. And, you know, so they got to move the public's business, which is fine. I get it. Got to go and schmooze at the chamber deal. And uh, that's a thing. I get it. So we, we, I couldn't do it last. So we didn't do it last night. Uh, we didn't have public input. Also, there was another, there was some sort of brewer event going on that was really going to, really going to cut into our attendance. We have a, we have a big uh, uh, sort of homebrew, not homebrew, beer. Our, our attendees are beer fans. Let's just say that. And so we, we didn't do it. But what we got talking about, see, was uh, election night, which is November 6th, Tuesday. Tuesdays are normal time, so there won't be a council meeting that night either. I don't think on a, on, a, on election night. I don't think they have council meeting. Oh, we'll have but, to see about that. But even if they do, even if they do, that'll just be a uh, second fiddle. We're going to have like a election results watch party. We're going to put a twist on the public input at Club David, and uh, maybe we'll have some uh, election night bingo. You know, how orange is Don Jorgensen? Stuff like that. How sweaty is my good friend Brian Allen? That's not fair. Hey, That's not fair. watch it. Although I don't know, I haven't. They haven't asked me if I will do uh, analysis yet. I don't. I may be on the hook for that. This may not be. I hadn't thought about that. If I have to be KSFY political analyst on election night. There is no city council informational meeting, nor is there a regular meeting on election day. Yeah, I didn't think so. I think they uh, they moved that baby so that they could uh, vote. I guess. Well, it's just like in deference to election day, and you know that's appropriate. That's fine. It's good. Uh, and so the elections are coming up. Gosh, you know it's only a couple weeks away. We're going to have. Uh, uh, I had to reschedule Mr. Bjorkman, but he's coming back. Congressional Democratic congressional candidate Tim Bjorkman, he's coming back. Republican congressional candidate Dusty Johnson just just inked that deal today. 
He's under contract to be here on the 29th, I think. Uh, but I haven't, you know, I haven't had the Goobers on. Christie's been in Washington, and I just I haven't gotten Billy Sutton on the show. I, I don't know, Dan. Do you think there's value in that? You think the people want to hear from those people? <laughs> they are going to be electing one. Yeah, that's true. Of those, that's true. We did have uh, we had Ron Rogerick in. That yeah, he would be a candidate. Yeah, we probably should. I should see if we can hook up with them before the uh, before the election. We got a couple of weeks, but it's coming fast. You know, uh, I used to listen to Tony Kornheiser a lot. You know Tony. TK. From PTI when he had his show. He had a show on ESPN Radio for many years. Yeah, has a, has a local show now in the D.C. area. He's got a podcast. It's only a podcast. Tony Kornheiser show. Same show, but you only get it on a podcast. It's a fine show. But I always, uh, I always took this, uh, uh, the Tony Kornheiser rule, which was he never would interview athletes. You know, like current athletes, because they never say anything. Right. Years of sports writing taught him that athletes never say anything except the same things over and over. and over. They tell the party line. Yeah. And generally coaches. And so he just basically didn't interview athletes because it wasn't worth his time. I've sort of become that way with politicians. You know, unless they're a good interview, like actually Ron Rajorik, he was fun. We had a good interview with him. We had a good time. We've had Tim and Dusty both on the program before and we've had a nice time. Your um, blood pressure goes up when Dusty Johnson comes in the room. Well, I do say that. It's a no. It's mutual. We had I get my we, Tim Bjorkman and I. We kind of mixed it up as well. I can mix it up. See, and that's kind of the problem with politicians, with people, you know, because I, I've been covering politics for a long time. All right, and and I don't actively uh, cover it daily anymore, so I'm I'm a little bit out of the loop, but. Not, I mean, I'm fine. I'm in, I'm in a big enough loop that it's okay. Well, it's, uh, uh, what happens sometimes is you hear these same things over and over and over again, and you know that it's not the truth, right? Or it's not, it's a version of the truth. It's not a truth that is uh, born somewhere in a person's gut and in a person's soul. When you get to a certain level, it is, a, a version of the truth that they think is palpable to a certain segment of the population. Now, that segment of the population, in general, generally agrees with their policies, right? And so those are the people, you know, you, you're looking for some level of sincerity. But I get, I get angry with people when I hear things come out of their, you know, I get angry is a harsh word, Dan. I wouldn't call it anger. Miffed. I get miffed and irritated with people in the public space who use phrases that I know are, are audience-tested, right? Or are the current uh, uh, catchphrase of the day when you're in politics and you won't have to pay attention that hard to start hearing these things, right? Or that toe a particular party line that maybe isn't in tune with what I believe their actual opinions are from my years of talking to them on other issues. So that's not true of everybody, certainly. So then I come to the, 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 the realization at some point, why talk to them at all? Because right? we're not, honestly, we're a talk show, right? First thing it has to be is uh, somewhat entertaining and informative. We're, we're, not the, we're not the daily newspaper. We're not the... Uh, 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 broadcast outlets on television. This is, you know, 
Dan Peters is a newsman, right? He does the news. I am not. I am, I am a talk show host. I, am, I, am, I, I, I talk about things that are of interest to me in hopes that it is of interest to you and you will listen. And sometimes politicians aren't that interesting. Fair enough? I, I do like the parameters that yeah. you have set here with this. So, and, but if I'm going to have one, I have to have them all. Or at fair. least extend the invitation right. to them extend all. Extend the invitation, exactly. And I've had, uh, it's been a while. Well, I, you know, John Thune on the program, I enjoy talking to John Thune. I think it's interesting. We'll probably have him on again someday. But, you know, if we don't, we don't. Uh, I like talking to the mayor. I like talking to the counselors. I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy local politics. But sometimes you get to a certain level and it's, I mean, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't, and I've told the junior center from South Dakota, I, I don't enjoy interviewing him. Because generally speaking, he, he doesn't answer the questions. And that's fine, okay? He doesn't have to come on the show. He's under no uh, obligation. And, and, and I don't really ask him to be on the show. So getting back to the election, this election, do we need to have Christy Nome and Billy Sutton on the show? It'd be nice. We'll, we'll make it happen probably. But if it doesn't happen, we'll just be here to try and clarify the issues with some informed opinion and analysis of positions and things that are going on. And uh, we'll just we'll, we'll get through it together. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later because... Frankly, all my weird friends have bailed on me today. They're good people, but they're all busy. They have jobs and stuff. So we'll be talking about more. Dan, we've gonna ha- here's, the, here's the upside is we're going to have some time to flesh this out. Ah, uh-huh, very good. I know you're happy about that, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay. We'll see how that and goes. And that was not focus tested. No, not at all. Genuine. That was barely my brain tested. That just came out just now. <laughs> We will have a good show. We had a very interesting show today. It's going to be fun, a little bit freewheeling, but not all freewheeling. Uh, uh, Jerry P., Jerry Pileschi from our sister station, ESPN 99.1. He's going to be here uh, in the second hour, the back half of the second hour there, to talk about high school sports, high school football, sorry. Season, the regular season gets up, ends up this week. Ends this week, and uh, in fact, uh, Dan Peters, our own Dan Peters, will be doing the play-by-play on Thursday night. Of which game? Lincoln and Washington. Woo! Yeah, then that's the 11 AAA. However, other classifications of football, their playoffs begin on Thursday night. So it'll be a very active night for yeah. football in South Dakota. That'll be fun. So Dan's going to be out there doing the play-by-play. Oh, good golly, he's rumbling, bumbling, stumbling down the field. Okay, that's not Dan at all. Dan. <laughs> that's awesome uh and uh, uh let's see no scratch if you're playing at home scratch the weird friends segment entirely get that out of there Ooh, yeah we gotta we gotta make out our lineup card in pencil yep not in pen yep so batting second will be uh more of this and then uh pat powers from dakota war college uh he'll be here at four so the second hour is solid we're covered there uh, and then I'm going to have a P&L, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to move the P&L 
Uh, You're watching radio happen, people, right before your eyes. This is a a battlefield decision right here, executive battlefield decision. P&L, we're going to move to after the 3.30 news and weather. Very good. Because I've got a lot to talk about in the P&L. There's a lot going on. So that's what we're going to do there. So scratch weird friends for the day. I'm sorry about that. The Boone man had a sudden emergency, and it's it's a legit, he's a busy man. He'll, we'll try and get back, him back later this week in a makeup day. We'll do a day-night doubleheader with the uh, weird friends. What do you think of that? Can I do it. I don't even know what that means, but that's what we'll be talking about. Uh, okay. And so I'll be. we'll be right back. And then uh, P&L statement after the 3.30. Uh, today's topic, uh, it's a Trump lightning round. And it's not even a lightning round anymore. It's just all Trump. All Trump. All different topics. But all with a common theme. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three twenty-three on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. We got a Joe Strummer here, Johnny Appleseed, one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, I uh, had this, if you, if you weren't here earlier with us, we've got a small programming change in what would now be the P&L statement period. We're going to push that back just, just slightly. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Weird Friends, canceled for the day. Rain out on Weird Friends. But that's going to be okay. We're going to get through it, people, together. It's going to be all right. I did see this very interesting note from our friends at AAA today. Dan, I don't know if you saw this. Deer mating season is here. <laughs> it happens every year at this time. I know. Uh, but, you know, it's just good advice because they're trying to remind you, you know, watch out for the deer. They call it the rut. We're in the rut. <laughs> and as our friend Marilyn Busco points out, you know, you need to be extra alert no matter what road we're traveling, but especially in the wooded areas. You know, it's you've got your uh, uh, sunset. You gotta you gotta be careful out there. So as the AAA says, pay attention to road signs. Watch for those deer signs. You know, keep your eyes moving back and forth. Continually sweep. Early morning and the evening. Those are the times we gotta watch for the deer. For the rut. Let's see. Uh, use high beams when there's no oncoming traffic. That does help you see the deer. Slow down and watch for other deer to appear. They never come in ones. Oh, this is good. And in fact, there is an expose based upon that information you're holding in your right hand yeah. on KSOO.com. Awesome. You can get the, all the details of this on uh, KSO.com. You can even see the picture of the deer with the get well balloon tied to one of its 
<laughs> These Oops. are important though. Resist the urge to swerve. Don't swerve. Uh, take your foot off the brake and just just hit the deer. <laughs> because if you, it's better to just you know slow down. Otherwise, the deer's coming over the top. Always wear a seatbelt and uh, consider purchasing comprehensive insurance. All all good pieces of advice from our friends at AAA. We're going to come right back on the Patrick Lally Show and uh, talk about some news. Information 1000, KSOO. Quite prepared to die. 3.34 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000, KSOO. They call the busted bitch. I ordered up a whiskey. He asked me for my bread. I paid him two bits and then I pumped him full of lead. I got my and the Beat Farmers California Kid, keeping us all entertained. Uh, and as you know, this is the normal Weird Friends time. So if you've tuned in for Weird Friends, as I know many of you do, and uh, you were expecting to hear, oh, I don't know, the common man, the boon man, Scott Hudson, the weird cyclist, the bad mother, or... Uh, Wait a minute, that's the smart cyclist. What did I say? You said weird cyclist. We're a smart cyclist. and uh, or, the or, buffalo or the maiden. buffalo maiden. They're all busy. Couldn't... Couldn't well, I maybe could have got the common man, but he was just on yesterday, so I don't want to wear him out. They're very busy people. They but he was jobs. killing it yesterday. I, I do know. have to say, Johnny did a good job yesterday. He he was on fire. I had other people mention that to me as well. Like Johnny is killing it, killing it. So that we appreciate him, and you know, so we don't want to take advantage. That's what we don't want to ask too much from our people, you know. So I, di- I didn't want to. But we have plenty to talk about. Plenty of news out there. Plenty of news. Things that are of interest to me in one way or the other. The first, and this all, we're going national today, okay? Because I haven't done that for a while. I've been kind of sticking local. And there was a couple local things, but eh. the uh, uh, The federal deficit. Oh, that, nobody likes, that, nothing gets you, uh, gets you excited like the federal deficit. But all this stuff uh, generally involves Trump in one way or another, the president. So uh, the news today is, this is from our friends at NPR, federal deficit jumps 17% as tax cuts eat into government government revenue. Fake. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. It's not true. No, tax, tax returns are at, uh, at least what I've been hearing is that the tax returns and the money coming in is okay, but it's just the amount of... Spending yeah. is what's causing the deficit. Well, we cut taxes, so there's less revenue. No, 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 no. That, That's not. No, there's, no, there's, there's, there's more revenue well, coming in because I, there's my, more income no, tax my, coming my in. Apology, my apology. There's not more revenue. There's less revenue than there would have been without the tax cuts. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, that's. Okay. Record where's, numbers of income tax money okay, coming let's in. Let's look at this. All right. The federal deficit ballooned to $779 billion in the just-ended fiscal year, a remarkable tide of red ink for a country not mired in a recession or war. Okay, that number, we can agree on that, right? $779 billion. The government is expected to borrow more than a trillion dollars in the coming year, in part to make up for tax receipts that have been slashed by GOP tax cuts. Corporate tax collections fell by 31% in the fiscal year ending September 30th, Despite robust corporate profits, um, because we cut the th- we cut the now this was a, a good thing we cut the tax rate from thirty five to twenty one percent we knew we had to do that on corporate taxes right I'm on the record 
supporting uh, reform of the corporate tax structure. That goes back a ways now. Uh, And here's where dancing comes in. Income taxes withheld from individuals grew by 1%. Correct. That's what you're talking about. Overall tax receipts were flat. So they take those two things together. It's flat. As a share of the economy, tax receipts shrank to to 16.5% of GDP from 17.2% the previous year. Okay. And that's a good thing. That's That's a a good trend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so uh, this is White House Budget Director Mick Mulvaney says the president is very much aware of the realities presented by our national debt. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, he insisted that accelerating economic growth will, growth will eventually help fill the deficit hole, though so far there's little evidence that that growth is finding its way into government coffers. That, that, and that, okay, there, we, know that the, we know that the GDP or the, uh, you know, the economy is growing by somewhere around 3%. And I think Fed's in upper quarters, but yeah. And and I think a portion of that of the of the corporate amount that is lower, it's because they took some there were some write offs that Mm -hmm. they that they took. Yeah. And I think I think that was just temporary. Because I think the next year those write offs will not be available and more corporate tax that revenue the overall revenue should go back up even though the rate does not. Right. And and the again, the corporate tax rate was recognized as a competitive issue. Yes. We knew this. We knew this. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, the White House also argued that government spending is to blame for the yawning deficit, even though spending rose just 3% during the fiscal year and spending as a share of the economy actually shrank. So, I mean, it's not like we've been on this wild spending spree. But the, 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 the growth in the budget continues because there's more people. I mean, when you have more people, you have more services, you have more services, you have more money. That's just the way it goes. And I know that there is a theory out there that if you just choke off the flow of money, you'll reduce spending, right? You would hope so. There are people that believe that. But that's a very difficult thing to do. Nobody's really been able to do that in any significant way, correct? And, And a lot of it is because there has been a perpetual movement to, to continue to spend. Oh, and yeah. there has been no appetite to stop it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's look at our own, our own bad selves here in South Dakota. What are we willing to give up? That expressway between Rapid City and Sioux Falls? <laughs> uh, high-speed rail oh, from man. here to Minneapolis? We're, we're, we're willing to give that up, right? Of course, there's oh, wait, not we much. We don't have that. No, and, and most of that would be paid by Minnesota anyway. <laughs> that comes right out of the Minnesota state coffers, right? So, yeah, so we're not giving that up. But what, So what are we willing to give up? We, generally speaking, are not willing to give up the things that come into us from the federal government. We know this. This is not, this is not a new thing, right? Uh, our, our friends in the congressional delegation are very much rewarded, regardless of party, regardless of era, with bringing home said bacon. Except for Medicaid. We said, no, don't no we said, we're not doing that. We're not doing Medicaid. We don't, no. No. The poor, the poor don't need any insurance. Um. So uh, this is from Mulvaney again. The fiscal picture is a blunt warning to Congress of the dire consequences of irresponsible and unnecessary spending. Okay. Uh, McConnell, our buddy McConnell, called the growing deficit very disturbing, even though he's, he runs the Senate. So 
And he probably wouldn't take the time to uh, go through the budget numbers. He argued the problem is neither tax cuts nor beefed up military spending, but rather the big three entitlement programs, which are big, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to cut? Dan? That's a good question. Because How about means testing on Social Security? You for that one? Well, I've someone someone probably in the age of where they are getting Social Security, they said, well, you know, you need to keep working so I, you can pay for my Social Security. And I said, I know, I'm not getting a dime of it. I'll take care of you. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah. I, I want a little something-something. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting it. That's why I, I have a 401k. I know you have a 401k, but what happens when the stock market goes in the tank? Then you don't have a 401k anymore. Because then if we have fiscal and governmental principles that allow the economy to work, over time, mm-hmm. the trends for the stock market, they always bounce back. They always do. That's why you got to be in for the long term. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I also am heavily invested in a continued healthy economy for my own retirement, right? Right. But we can't also can't foresee the future. And what if you were ready to retire in 2008 and all of a sudden you lost, you know, uh, half of your retirement fund? Well, then you got to work another five years. There's a lot of jobs out there for 65-year-old people that pay a living wage. Yes, there are. <laughs> if, you lo- if, if you work <laughs> for them. Doing what? Doing what? I know there's a guy who, he, who he drives cars for mm. a local car dealership yeah, all not, around the country. That's not a bad gig. No, it's but not. But a lot of people couldn't do that, honestly. A lot of people, in, when they reach retirement age, uh, aren't able to travel to that degree. It gets tough, man. You get old. Now, you're, I know you're a, you're a strapping, young, healthy guy at this point. As am I, frankly. But there will come a time when we may not be as spry as we are today. And do we want to have to uh, work the 40, put in the 40? I don't mind doing a little part-timey thing. I like helping out. You know, I want a little side gig. I'm okay with that. But I don't want to be punching out the, punching the clock 40 when I'm 67, it's eight years old. Do you? I'll be ready. No, you'll be there, though. Yeah, I'm. Of course, I've, you got I've the golden. I've been. Though. I've been doing. I've been doing probably forty since since my teenage years. Yeah, oh, I have. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not ready to give it up. Man, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good for you. That's why you need to plan. That's right. I and, am planning. And, yeah, there you I go. I am planning. Uh, McConnell said there's been a bipartisan reluctance to tackle entitlement changes because of the popularity of those programs. Okay. Well, yeah, they're popular. Uh, hopefully, at some point. Uh, here we'll get serious about this. We haven't been yet. Well, McConnell, Mitch McConnell has been in Congress, in the Senate, now leading the Senate for how long? If anybody was a, had the ability to get serious about it, wouldn't it be the guy who's running the Senate? And you mentioned the junior senator not long ago, and yep. one of his main things that he harps on is the getting bills. the budget and, and going through the appropriate process where you have the appropriations bills, and then they still punch through these cromnibus bills yeah but see that doesn't uh, and i with all due respect to the junior senator his his spiel on that is uh just not living in reality okay because splitting up and doing the budget bills like they're supposed to do them and they try to do that it's not it's not that the process isn't there it's that they just blow it up and if they could come to some agreement on these things it wouldn't matter if they had you know, 54 budget bills 
or three budget bills. It doesn't matter. The form of it doesn't matter. It's the it's the excuses that they come up with for not cutting it, which is because the money that's going out is in their self-interest. And we all know that, right? Oh, yeah. That's been that that is nothing new. So then it's on the president to make the stand. Right. And then the president doesn't want to do it. Because then he gets blamed or she gets blamed because they're cutting the budget. So we know what the problem is here. This is not, the question is, how big a problem is it? Well, in my estimation, that we are slow walking our way into bankruptcy. It it is going to happen if we continue to run $770 billion deficits in a $4 trillion budget. Uh, do you think that the tax structure that we have by uh, now, because Schumer here says, our, our friend Chuck from New York, he blamed the rising deficit and Republicans tax cuts for the rich, which you knew that would happen, to now suggest cutting earned, cutting earned middle class programs like Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid is the only fiscal responsible solution to solve the debt problem is nothing short of gaslighting. The new favorite term of politicians, by the way, gaslighting. Yes. Well, here, here's, a, here's an interesting stat for you that mm. may not be in that particular report. It's probably not. 1,400 people pay 3% of the taxes. And then you have mm-hmm. the 50% of the people who pay taxes. Mm-hmm. They also pay 3%. Mm-hmm. And there's a large portion that don't pay any taxes. Right. Well, everybody pays some taxes if you're, if you're consuming anything. Correct. Right. So there are some taxes, but you're not paying federal income tax below a certain income level. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, we would like to see that adjusted. So what we need is comprehensive tax reform, but we, God knows we can't do that. No, we can't do anything. We're screwed. I think we can agree on that, right? We're screwed. (sighs) Yes, that (laughs) sigh tells the story. Uh, But in, you know, in, in many measures, it's awesome. We couldn't live at a better time, Dan. We could not live in a better time. Life cannot get any better or has not been any better than it is right now. Oh, yeah. You look at the the lowest income people in the United States of America. They are miles ahead of someone in of, of in a similar stature in India. Well, even in the entire world, poverty is at, at, at historic lows. There's less war. There's less famine. There's less pestilence. Now, when those things happen, it's bad. But... As a whole, the world is getting better, but the world is getting better because we have used science, logic, reason, and the personal freedom that drives democracy and reason. That's why things get better. And this dusty old document that was ratified in 1791 has been an integral part of that particular set of facts. Dan and I are going to come right back and talk about some other news here in just a second. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 353 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Dan, I had, a, I had a whole gob of other stories to talk about. We didn't talk about Elizabeth Warren. We didn't talk about uh, Stormy Daniels. And we didn't talk about, uh, there was one other one. But those two for sure. Oh, and then the Saudi Arabia thing. Oh, man, that Saudi Arabia thing is, is crazy. Nutso, dude, nutso. And, uh, you know, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. You I'm carry confused. around those bags. They'll, they ah. look heavier than when they went in. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. The news today is that the uh, Turkish officials, officials, 
uh, they've got uh, some evidence that uh, suggests that uh, things did not end well. But also the consulate, the the dude, the official, the Russian or the uh, Russian, the Saudi guy, he he's out. He left Istanbul, gone, back to Saudi Arabia. No questioning for him. Ah, uh, I don't think this. Uh, I, it's not. It's not good for anybody. But you 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 don't kill journalists. All right. End of story. And I want to hear somebody with uh, our administration say that, not just our senators. The Senate, they're they're bipartisan, uh, 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 enraged. Uh, 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 They're going to do something. They don't know what it is. They're going to do something. Trump, uh, I believe the king. Eh. That's not good. It's not good. We're out of time. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. KSOL. This is a public service announcement with guitar. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. We're going to chat with Pat Powers of the DakotaWarCollege.com, and uh, then we'll t- chat with Jerry Pileshi. From ESPN 99.1 about high school football. Ooh, playoffs are right around the corner. Stay with us on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 407 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, it is Tuesday afternoon, and it's time to talk with Pat Power from the South Dakota War College in the that emanates from the beautiful community of Brookings, South Dakota. And I say that only because I have Pat on the line. Hey, Pat, how's it going? It's going great. How's it in Sioux Falls today? It's all right. You know, things are looking up. And, uh, you know, I when, when you're on the show, I say nice things about Brookings. Otherwise, <laughs> nope. No, that, that's a joke, too. Um, so anyway, Pat, uh, you run, uh, you write the, uh, uh, South Dakota War College blog at, uh, dakotawarcollege.com, which, uh, as we, uh, 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 talk to you, you come to the world from the right side of the aisle and, uh, how we're, how, okay, now we're, what, are we three weeks from the election? Is that right? Three? Let me count. Oh God. It, it's Let me look on my right calendar. Up. It's, uh, Tim, three, oh yeah. Three weeks, three weeks. Boy, that's, that's not, that's not much time at all it seems no it's going really fast isn't it you know uh the thing i'm interested in though is uh it there seems uh to me that there's been a recent uh uh uncapping of the missiles uh by uh uh christy Nome for governor uh in the campaign against uh, uh democrat billy sutton in that i'm seeing more ads starting to see more activity uh, it's maybe later than than a lot of campaigns, but it's it's coming pretty fast and furious now, isn't it? Well, well, it is. Uh, I I think uh, everybody's loading all their missiles and and letting fire, and and uh, it's just going to keep on going right to the end. Uh, you know, Billy Billy's coming out with an ad, came out with an ad on Christie, and mm-hmm. and uh, I, I have to say, uh, Christie popped up with one of the more uh, uh, clever response items I've seen. She has her fact check gnomes with a with a graphic of a like a lawn gnome mm-hmm. playing off her playing off her name. But uh, I I got to give it credit. It got me to open the email. Yeah, I saw and that. So, I saw that on your uh, on your blog, and I was wondering where that came from. And now I know. 
yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was actually pretty funny. Kind of they're a rapid response team and, uh, you know, you see those things, just a string of them constantly during a campaign, and we saw them in the primaries, and and but they came out with this now, and, and like I said, they clever enough that uh, it's getting people to open it. Oh yeah, and and that's that's politics now, and and here's the thing, is that I think I don't when when I see Christie's latest ads, they're they're direct. Right. I mean, this is kind of classic hardball television advertising. Is that fair to say? Oh, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's no different than you would see in any other ad uh, or, or media market anywhere in the country. I mean, they're 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 getting down into the street and slugging it out. at this mm-hmm. point. And, you know, I think that the the, the Sutton response um, is a little bit different tone. It's just him talking. Right. And and trying to use this idea that, you know, that's not how we do business here. Now, I would say if you look at any of the history of campaigning in South Dakota, that is how we do business here. Correct? Well, we're no different yeah. than we this this myth that came out of the rounds primary, you know, a generation ago now that people don't like uh, nasty politics. That that's just not true, is it? Well, you know, it's 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 a nice line to to trot out. Uh, <laughs> I'm guilty mm-hmm. of it myself, but uh, but yeah, we're uh, you know the thing with with negative ads. Negative ads work, but you know, not necessarily in the way that people think. It's not a way. It doesn't necessarily get you to uh, uh, go vote for the other person. But what it does is it drives down the turnout of the other side. Mm-hmm. So. And that's you know you're all playing a numbers game and they're they're hitting hard. And I mean, and the fact of the matter is, is you know, Billy, I I think in, in the ad I saw recently was you know him saying that these things just aren't true about me, and whether that's whether that's uh, regarding uh, an income tax or you know tax hikes in general or the affiliation you know trying to connect him to Hillary Clinton and all that, um, they they're all based on pieces. Of evidence, that's just the way politics works, right? Well, you know, and uh, and I think everybody leaves it up to the individual voter to decide. And they they present the evidence. Uh, you know, with with Billy and Hillary Clinton, he he was a Clinton uh, supporter mm-hmm. early on in the primary, and you know, he just had a uh, a former Clinton uh, uh, spokesperson who was part of putting on a fundraiser for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they don't like talking about it, but it's there and it happened. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if you, and if you are um, the Sutton campaign, th- this is what I often say is what did you think was going to happen? All right. So, and I, I haven't chatted with any of them recently. Uh, I haven't seen Billy for a, a bit now, but the, I mean, this idea that you can be um, kind of an aw shucks campaigner and say that's not the South Dakota way against Christy Nome, who, you know, has never lost and has been extremely aggressive uh, through some very tough campaigns. What did you think was going to happen? This is the same Christy Nome who has campaigned over and over again, right? Well, exactly, exactly. You know, we we have Sutton going on after her with regards to how the money was transferred out of Christie's account at one point before certain laws took effect. But, you know, he's coming out 
after her on that, but at the same time, which is true, not, it's true, which is which is true, which yep. is absolutely true. Yep. But at the same time, he he's conveniently for, forgetting about transfers to him from the Tim Johnson campaign mm-hmm. and transfers from his Senate account to his gubernatorial campaign. You know, everybody goes out and they put the halo on themselves and and try to say, you know, I I'm the purest one out there, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. Everybody they they latch on to what information they have and uh, and they run it up the flagpole and see what sticks. Welcome to politics, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with Pat Powers from DakotaWarCollege dot com, the South Dakota War College blog out of Brookings, which is a Republican blog, and we will chat more with Pat here right after this break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and uh, we return to our conversation here with Pat Powers. He, of course, the author and the uh, force behind the Dakota War College blog, dakotawarcollege.com and or South Dakota War College is the actual title of it. Uh, from Brookings and Pat, um, we talked about the governor's race a little bit. Uh, the, uh, the house race uh, has been quiet. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It's just quiet. Well, it has, it has, but, uh, you know, I, I will say in the last week or so, Dusty Johnson has racked up a, a couple of endorsements from uh, the major papers in the state, from the uh, Sioux Falls paper and from mm-hmm. the Rapid City paper, and I, it doesn't look like there's much stopping him at uh, a point where I don't know that, I, I, I don't know that we're seeing much momentum coming from Tim Bjorkman at this point. I, I think he kind of hit a peak and... He's he's stalled and uh, all the focus is uh, is going to the governor's race and people are uh, it, to me it seems like people have already decided on Congress it's dusty they're done and and they're moving on and you know there's still uh, to be fair there's still time right but you you need to in your if, in the last three weeks uh, you can make up ground but you need to go big right you have to do something bold whether it's whether it's a uh issue-based campaign or whether it's a a you know negative campaign you have to do something to change the conversation well yeah and uh with uh with these campaigns uh, you and i both know that the biggest campaign is or the biggest issue with the campaign is getting out there and getting your name in front mm-hmm. of people and and it used to be you know uh People who worked in politics would counsel candidates saying, you know, it used to be back in the 50s, there were 50 media impressions a day that a person had in front of them. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's literally thousands. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's nigh impossible to, to punch through that. That's why... Uh, uh, I, I know at least Republicans have emphasized early voting because you want to get those votes in the bank before you're competing in a, a bigger crowd for people's attention. Yeah, and so what what is your impression these days of, uh, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, how much more important it is for early voting. Do you get the sense, and you're inside the circle, uh, do you get the sense that it is a that it is a all-hands-on-deck early voting uh, operation these days? Well, you know, there's there's a big early voting operation. Uh, I I can tell you, I know some of the early voting is down, and that's just simply symptomatic of it not being a presidential year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, but early voting still takes a, a tremendous emphasis 
uh, more so than it used to. Yeah. And, and you know, you got to get people out there when they're voting, and, and they're voting before Election Day. I, I haven't gotten over there yet, but I know I'll probably go over and vote early when, when I've got to go do a car registration or something yeah. on that order. Well, and let's be fair, Pat. You know who you're voting for. <laughs> you, you know, you, I, out of everybody I know, is not going to change their vote between now and election day. <laughs> well, I, I I will say I I remember the day when they took the straight party ballot off the ticket. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, the straight straight party ticket off the ballot, and uh, and that was a mournful day. Because <laughs> you had to spend a whole bunch more time filling in circles in the ballot box. Well, it used to be a lot easier. You check yep. one box, you you go hit your uh, your judicial candidates and your ballot <laughs> issues, and you're done. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, in the in the final uh, minute or so we have here, what are your thoughts on the broader country? Uh, there's a lot of conversation right now that the Republicans are are quite possibly in danger of losing the House. Senate is still very much in the air. Um, what, what do you now? I know you're going to say there's still a lot of time, and but what do you make of the national uh, uh, race to control the House of Representatives? You know that that one's tough for me because I, I don't pay an, a lot of attention to uh, a lot of the federal races. I, I know the mood seems to have swung uh, against Democrats because some of their national leaders can can do nothing right. I. You know, watching on on social media, uh, I, I can't say I've enjoyed anything more than uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, proclaiming that she is one one thousand and sixty fourth uh, Native American. Well, <laughs> uh, you th- know. that being said, it doesn't do the Republicans any good when when the 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 president continues to just make fun of her. No, no, I I would I would agree with that. You know. Sometimes you 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 have to uh, you have to win graciously. <laughs> well, you maybe should pass that up the chain, <laughs> Pat. You should say, "Hey, whoa, 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 whoa!" Now the fact of the matter is that there's some Native American blood. She has some Native American DNA, but if you live in South Dakota, you know that's not. She never claimed to be a tribal member. She doesn't has no uh, desire to be a tribal member. There's a very good story on NPR from the head of the, uh, one of the uh, uh, officials of the Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma saying none of this is doing the Cherokee any good. Shut up. Which is probably <laughs> true, right? I, 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 I believe that's very true. Uh, I, I, you know, they, uh, they don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, and I, if, you know, memory serves me. The blood quantum issue can be kind of oh, touchy. Good you know, gosh, it's a t- the most complicated thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, well, absolutely, and and uh, you know, and, and we we do have people on, or at least we're on our side of the aisle, like Laura Hubble, trying to to make it an issue in uh, in this year's mm-hmm. elections earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just horrendous. <laughs> Pat Powers, uh, he is the author of the uh, South Dakota War College blog out of Brookings. You can get it at dakotawarcollege.com. We talk to him most Tuesdays. Pat, thanks a lot. Hey, thank you. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, it's Jerry Pileschi from ESPN 99.1 talking high school football. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show here on Information 1000 KSOO. And it's uh, there's a chill in the air, as you all know. It's snowed. So it's time 
for us to talk about high school football because we're nearing the end of the regular season. And when I want to talk about high school football, you know who I talk to? Jerry Pileschi from ESPN 99.1, the driving force behind overtime over there. Uh, It's got Jeff Turn's name on it, but it's really Jerry's show. And uh, Jerry does a lot of play-by-play. He is our high school football expert. Uh, Jerry, thanks for being here. No, thanks for having me. And holy crap, holy crap, man, we are we're at the end of the regular season. I I was just in here. I know. Felt like last week talking about how we were starting the season, and it goes that quick. It does. Bang, snowing, and uh, you have to spend a lot of time outside doing uh, games, watching these football games. Um, uh, I here's the thing: we're going to talk about high school football. When I talk about high school football, all I care about is AAA. That's good. Except for Harrisburg. If Harrisburg can win the AA, Sioux Falls Harrisburg High School, if they can win the AA over uh, those crappy ESD schools, then that's a win for me. I was plugging the numbers hoping that they would actually be forced to jump up to AAA next yes. year. I don't think that's going to end up being <sighs> or being the case with the new classification that is coming in mm-hmm. the summer of 2019. They're going to reclassify the schools. They're probably going to have to reset the enrollment numbers based mm-hmm. one way or another. But the schools that are ahead of them in regards to enrollment, mm-hmm. it's quite the discrepancy between the bottom of AAA and then where Harrisburg is, which Harrisburg, by the way, yeah, you're, you're right on the line because mm-hmm. you would be the first team up. Mm-hmm. You would be the first team up to AAA, but I think they're going to reevaluate those numbers. I don't think they're going up this time around, but we'll, well they see. Should, they should just petition up like O'Gorman does. I would love it if they did. Here's the thing with Harrisburg. I haven't had the chance to actually see them in person do a game of theirs this season. But over the last five years of doing this, mm-hmm. every time Harrisburg has played against a Sioux Falls school, the story has been the same thing, which has been play them tough all the way through three quarters. Mm-hmm. They are always neck and neck, and it's usually that fourth quarter. The depth kind of catches up to them. They are getting to a point, though, Patrick, where that's going to go away, mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to compete, and they're going to be able to compete against all the Sioux Falls schools. And I would love it if they were in AAA. Just – for the sole fact that you get the kind of the metro area schools all yep. together. Then you got you're six gonna, of them. You're going to build those rivalries. Yep, and you got a seventh coming. You do. So, and that, the other thing about that is that will deplete the talent pool a little bit in the public schools. Um, and then you've got these seven schools are all basically on par. Yes, and right? the open the open enrollment is going to be such a huge issue. And I don't know, you're the political man. I don't get into the whole politics <laughs> of all of this. But I have seen it before where kids have gone. One season they're at Roosevelt, the next season they're at Lincoln, yep. or vice versa. They yep. go, they go yep. wherever they're able to choose. They're not going to have that option anymore from the way it sounds like on the political side of well, things. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope so. Well, if they do it that way, yep. then, yeah, everything's the lines are legitimately going to be drawn, yes. and you're going to have to stick with your school. And, yeah, the talent pool will, will certainly be a little bit more spread out. And so Harrisburg should, should move. Sioux Falls Harrisburg High School should move up, and then it'd be – and then you'd have Brandon, Sioux Falls Brandon, and then the uh, uh, the three public, which will be soon be four public schools and, and O'Gorman. Might so. as well call them Sioux Falls T too. Sioux Falls T. We'll just T. move them up. Yeah, Sioux Falls T. Because here's the little known fact, people: all of these school districts are in Sioux Falls, in part. Harrisburg, all the people live in Sioux Falls. So moving on from that, uh, is Harrisburg have a chance in AA? Because since I don't pay attention to AA football. Yes, they, they absolutely do. Uh, Class AA this season, for those that really have loosely been following, the story all year has been, can we find a number one team? Can we just find somebody mm-hmm. to rank number one? Pierre finally took the reins of that, and they just lost to Roosevelt this past weekend. But 
that's not even something that you would even dock them for because mm-hmm. they were trailing that game 26 to nothing. They came back. They were mm-hmm. actually leading by one point with about two minutes left to go. They ended up losing by just five points total. So that's not something I'm knocking Pierre for. Their other loss this season was in week one. Yeah. You have to go all the way back to week one, but it was against Harrisburg. There you go. Harrisburg, they've turned it around. They've been so up and down this year that you, you just didn't really know which Harrisburg team you were getting on a night-to-night mm-hmm. basis. Now it seems like they're finding that consistency heading towards the playoffs. Everybody else in AA, I can make you a case as to why they're great, but I can make you just as good of a case, if not better, as to why they're bad. And, nothing, and it's just the story of the year. Nothing makes me happier than the fact that Pierce two losses come to Sioux Falls teams. That's Pretty much. Right. Sioux yeah. Falls, Harrisburg, and Sioux Falls, Roosevelt. Although, that, that, you don't go up, what, 26? You just don't, don't embarrass yourself. But they're better than that. Roosevelt is much better than that. You're talking about a team that entering the season, you, we had them number one in our South Dakota Prep Media football poll for weeks upon weeks until they actually got decimated by the O'Gorman Knights. But you look at the back end of their schedule. Let, let's If you go back, they had an opening, opening game against Rapid City Stevens. Stevens is so bad of a football team. I've never seen a team before that struggled snapping the football to the actual <laughs> quarterback. Rapid City Stevens did. Well, take them uh, out of the But uh, after that, you had games against Washington. Washington, they, they won that game 29 to nothing, and mm-hmm. Roosevelt looked unstoppable mm-hmm. in that game against Washington. Washington, who had just come off three consecutive state titles. They had Lincoln the week after, and Roosevelt was at one point in that game down 7-6. to six. They ended up winning 34-7. to seven. Yeah. I mean, they turned it around when they needed to. After that Lincoln game, though, everything just kind of seems like we're on a roller coaster. Yankton, they had a lead. They ended up actually going into the fourth quarter, trailing. Yep. They bursted it open, 35-22 on the win. They played against Brandon Valley, struggled right away. I think the game was 7-7. Entering the fourth quarter, they won 24-7. Then everything fell off the tracks. Faced O'Gorman, lost 36 to nothing. Boom. And it was just an, an, right back down to earth. If you're the Roosevelt Rough Riders, that, was, that should have been, all right, now we understand. We're back on. We, we need to get back to work and figure this out. They went out to Rapid City. And this is not in any form of a way to, to dog on any of the teams out in Rapid City. No, go ahead. But there should be no excuse to lose to Rapid City Central. <laughs> there, you have so much more talent than Rapid City Central. Altitude? No. You can't even blame that. <laughs> Roosevelt was up 18 to nothing in that game. 18 lost. to 6 at halftime. They lost 19 18. That, that's just interceptions, no. fumbles. You, you yeah. everything they they just got undisciplined. They got undisciplined, right? Yes. Not, don't you see this as a pattern? They get up. They got a lot of talent. They get undisciplined, and things kind of fall apart. Yes, and I feel like for Pierre, that game that they played last week might actually end up being the the game that could turn them around. And the reason for that is again, when you lead twenty six to nothing, and mm-hmm. you have everything going right, all of a sudden the leads cut down twenty six to thirteen. Roosevelt scores a touchdown. They're up by 20 points. Yeah. And at that point, even as a radio broadcaster, I'm sitting there going, they figured it out. They're back up by 20. That's it. Yep. They've got this game under control. Mm. Pierre turns around, and all of a sudden you blink. It's, it's 34-33, and you're going, <laughs> what in the world is happening? So it happened again. But Brady Dan and bringing company, to their credit, for Roosevelt, got down the field. They did so in about a minute's worth of time, mm-hmm. scored a touchdown, went up 39-34, on the defensive side, Pierre had an opportunity with 90 seconds left. Roosevelt completely shut them down. So now Roosevelt, based on the schedule in the last week of the regular season, 
I'm not saying it's going to be easy because Watertown actually has had themselves a pretty decent year. You're you're looking at a six and two Watertown team. They played. Lincoln they still get to play all those great at, teams. Yeah, and Watertown. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. But they played Lincoln uh, very well at Howard Wood Field with the backup quarterback and ended up winning that game. And you look at the other members. They they beat Harrisburg this year. Uh, they lost to Brandon Valley last week and in Aberdeen Central. Mm-hmm. They ended up coming back and getting that win. This for Roosevelt might not necessarily be the easiest game on the schedule, but it's better than playing against maybe a Washington right now, maybe, you know, Gorman to end the season. This is an opportunity for them to maybe get a little bit of momentum heading towards the playoffs. We're going to come right back with Jerry Pileschi of ESPN 99.1, our high school football analyst, and uh, talk about the other couple of Sioux Falls teams that have a chance to win this state title. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show here on Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing to chat about high school football with Jerry Pileschi. Of course, he is the high school football announcer, play-by-play guy over at ESPN 99.1 and uh, all-around knowledgeable dude when it comes to high school football. So we talked about Roosevelt, probably more than they deserve. Um, and going into this is the last weekend of the season, uh, O'Gorman, we haven't even really talked about them. They're ranked number one undefeated. My alma mater, although I was in the band, uh, they're, they're going to win the state championship, right? I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, oh, okay. but I will tell you that they will be the number one overall seed heading into the playoffs. There's no way they can lose that this week. Who do they play? They play against Brandon Valley. So win or lose, they will end up being the number one overall seed. It's not something I don't think Jason Popko over there will rest his starters mm-hmm. or anything like that. But if he has the opportunity to, if they're up by maybe 14 points in the second half, would not shock me mm-hmm. just because of the fact the playoffs will be one week after that. O'Gorman, though, has been purely 100% exactly what we expected this year. Defensively, strongest in the state, mm-hmm. had a lot of people coming back. Offensively, maybe had a couple question marks because they only had maybe two kids back, one of which was Canyon Bauer, wide receiver, who's going to South Dakota State. That's ah, too bad. Oh, I know. Just terrible. <laughs> We're both USD guys, yeah, that's so it right. makes sense. But he's a he's a very special player, mm-hmm. and one of the biggest questions was who who's going to get him the football. And Jason Popka, the head coach over there, he actually moved Zach Norton, who was a defensive back. He's still playing defensive back, but he actually switched him over to quarterback mm-hmm. this year. And it took about three games of the season for for Poppinga to actually say this is going to be our guy. And ever since then, O'Gorman really offensively has been clicking too. So they're the most well-rounded team across the entire state. Take them against absolutely anybody, no question about it. And there, this is not uh, your Bob Burns, Steve Keeter approach to football at all, is it? Uh, no, Canyon Bauer, who I just mentioned, is going to SDSU, has mm-hmm. every receiving record in the book over Wasn't there. Hardy cut it, it's not the same with the, pass, or the receiving touchdowns. Zach Norton, even, I think it was approaching passing touchdown marks for Roosevelt. and uh, Yeah, it, it's quite insane how you can re- easily rewrite a record book after stopping running the uh, triple wing option. Well, for, you know, 40 years, 40 some years, uh, you know, I learned that uh, I learned that offense when I was in, you know, junior high or whatever it was. Um, so O'Gorman's ranked number one. They play Brandon in the last part of the season. But uh, let's not forget Washington. I don't want to I don't want to just go by O'Gorman, but I want to talk about Washington here for a second because they are three time state champion. Three right? in a row. Yes. Um, and they've got the amazing story of uh, Tupac Capella. And this is really an incredible deal, where this guy didn't play football until he was in eighth grade. He didn't even know what a football was. Right, because he's from he his family's from Liberia, 
immigrated to the United States, grew up in Dallas a little bit, and then moved to Sioux Falls. And, you know, his, his, he got into football, and two years later, he's the starting uh, running back for Washington High School. He started as a, even as a freshman coming mm-hmm. in. He wasn't necessarily the starting running back, but he was starting to get mixed in. Yeah. And at the time, when, when you consider this, if you think about the Sioux Falls football landscape, if you see a freshman playing, there's usually something very special about them. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's you have to really earn your way to that starting spot. So for Tupac Capella, when he got mixed in as a freshman, the first couple times he even cut and juked, I remember standing there in the, in the play-by-play booth going, this kid's going to be something. Now, mm-hmm. what he has turned into exceeded all expectations of what I felt at that moment. You're talking about a kid that is now the all-time leader in South Dakota rushing touchdowns. You're yeah. talking about a kid that will break the career rushing yards. And if he doesn't, I would be absolutely shocked. He's 258 yards away from tying that record that's held by Jason Lieber. Uh, so when you when you look at all these numbers, he's one away from tying career touchdown record of 65. Um, and that's what Jason Lieber as well. Spencer Negebauer, who played at Mitchell, that was only a couple of years ago for Negebauer. This is this is something that yeah. if you have not seen Tupac Capella play football, you need to. Yeah. Right now, college-wise, he's had a few looks. There's no commitments. Uh, Division One, Division Two. I know he's looked, been looked at on both levels. He wants to stay close to his family, and, which and you can understand. I mean, you you're an Im- immigrant family; they're very tight. And I don't I don't want to get too far into things, but one yeah. of the one of the big things, of course, uh, the stories that have flowed out there is Chad Statham, the head coach of Washington, has really helped Tupac get acquainted being out here in Sioux Falls. When he was in Dallas, uh, things didn't go very well school wise. Mm-hmm. When he started here in Sioux Falls. Maybe it was necessarily the same story. So when you're looking at the colleges, they're going to be looking at specific, mm-hmm. you know, grade point averages, so on and so forth. But with him, it's it's kind of he's been by working all, at all of that and, and improving and yeah. all of that. And, and by all accounts, a great kid. Very much so a great kid. You're, you're not going to meet a nicer kid. Homecoming king yep. that was voted at, at Washington. And this is a team coming in for Washington. You, you mentioned three straight championships. And don't be surprised if they go back to the Dome because – they ran into we talked about how Roosevelt beat Washington. Mm-hmm. They shut them out twenty nine to nothing and it looked like the wheels completely came off of Washington. They have used that as a way to turn their season around because once they lost that game for Chad Statham, he was able to go to his team and say, Guys, winning streak is over. Yep. We got uh, we don't start have over. to worry about that anymore. You guys know that you can lose. So How's that he's feel? been able to yeah. build that back up. Absolutely. At, at least through the middle part of the, of the schedule. They still have the starting quarterback, Jaden Johansson. Mm-hmm. They have Tupac Capella. Who's pretty good. Very Jayden good. Duhan- and they've got Tupac. So look out, right? Uh, between the two of them, Patrick, let's at least put it this way. Uh, the two of them, if you combine their stat lines, they have almost 2,000 yards of offense, 129 touchdowns. Wow. 782 total points. Wow. That's amazing. And the playoffs start when? Playoffs start a week from Thursday. Week from Thursday, Jerry Pileshi. You can hear him over at uh, ninety nine point one ESPN, our sister station, and uh, every day on overtime with Jeff Turn. We're not going to talk about Turn, and uh, Jerry. Uh, we'll be watching and listening on the radio. Yeah. So a, good luck out there. Little man. little shout out to Dan Peters. He's going to actually fill in for me this Thursday night. Washington and Lincoln. You can hear the game right here on KSOO. Dan Peters and Jason Whiting will have the call. Outstanding. Look forward to uh, listen to you and have fun. Thanks. We'll come right back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. All the things you're living with. Cash 
Smoking in the Bill of Rights Cuban army surplus Or refusing of the lights This is Radio Clash on Pirate Satellite 457 on the Patrick Lally Show Information 1000 KSOO And big thanks to my good friend Jerry P from ESPN 99.1 for hanging out with us for a little bit today. High school football season, man. It's just it's like it's like uh, NBA basketball. I don't pay attention to the playoffs. It's the way I roll. Playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> hey, don't forget, everybody. You've got. Let's see. Check in my watch. Sixteenth. You have through tomorrow, October seventeenth, to participate in the Feed Seniors Now food drive. Comfort Keepers has partnered with the Salvation Army to collect non-perishable food donations to supplement the Senior Commodities Program. Drop off your donation at any hy in Sioux Falls, Active Generations, Andy's Affiliated Foods, Franklin Foods, Comfort Keepers, Sola Salon, and Fairway in Sioux Falls and Harrisburg. More than 5,500 commodity boxes will be distributed this year. Your donation will help provide healthy, nutritious meals for seniors, for more information on this or any other event, go to the calendar at KSOO.com. It's on the show tomorrow. On the show tomorrow, we got all kinds of stuff. David Aronson, I'm sorry, Aronson and Amber Fick, they're going to be here. It's the third in our series of uh, uh, discussions around uh, the Big Sonya documentary that's been uh, part of the Siouxland Library series. And uh, we're going to talk about religion, three major religions. That should be fun. Theo Miller Ryan will be in. We'll talk to Scott Hudson about music. It's going to be a blast. Join us, will you? It's the Patrick Lally Show, 3 to 5 weekdays, Information 1000 KSLO.